This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Indians in the midst of a nice homestand with the first of three against the Detroit Tigers in the books on Friday night. Nice win for the Tribe, and we'll get to that shortly. And it's Rock and Blast weekend here at the ballpark, so Saturday night, another edition of Rock and Blast presented by First Energy. And then a Sunday day game, followed by a makeup game Monday against the Reds. And then Oakland's in town for three starting Tuesday night. Coming up a little bit later on on our show today, a fun conversation with Fran Mill Reyes, the Indians' designated hitter and sometimes outfielder. Always fun to visit with Fran Mill. We'll also be joined by one of the newest Cleveland Indians, rookie infielder Owen Miller. We'll hear about the proposed lease agreement for the Tribe, which looks to be just about extended and provides for some really nice upgrades and improvements to the ballpark. President of Business Operations for the Indians, Brian Barron, will join us. And we'll have an update on the minor league system, specifically some good things going on at AAA Columbus with some younger players. James Harris, the Indians' vice president of player development, will join us to talk about that. But first, a look back at the week in review. And for the Indians, it started north of the border on Monday. An afternoon game at the Rogers Center where the Blue Jays were playing for the first time this season on a homestand. The Indians the fourth game in there and boy good ball game on Monday. The Tribe got on the board in the third inning starting with Harold Ramirez at the plate with the bases loaded. The next pitch swung on line shot base hit into right field. That'll score straw. Rosario coming home throw to the plate slide tag out with a feet first slide is Ahmed Rosario. On a strong throw from right by Randall Gritchick. But the Indians take a 1-0 lead on an RBI single to right by Harold Ramirez, who had a tremendous at-bat. And then Oscar Mercado drove in another run. Now the set, now the 0-2 pitch. And it's swung on line drive. Base hit into left field. Fran Mill Reyes is going to come home and score. The throw to the plate gets away from Kirk, goes to the backstop. Everybody moves up a base. No idea what was going on there, but the Indians lead 2 to nothing. 
as Oscar Mercado comes through with a two-out RBI single to left. And for some goofy reason, Teoscar Hernandez from left field through to the plate. It was a bad throw that got away from Kirk. And Robbie Ray wasn't back of the catcher in time to keep that throw from getting to the backstop. On the mound, Eli Morgan was terrific. Now his 1-2. Called strike three. Blasted a fastball on that outside corner, did Morgan. That's strikeout number six. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three. Four straight strikeouts over two innings. Seven in the game for Morgan. But in the sixth inning, Vlad Guerrero Jr. finally got to Morgan with a two-run home run, and that tied the ball game at two, and that's how it stayed through nine and on into extra innings. In the top half of the tenth, Miles Straw was the runner at second base to start the inning. He moved up to third on a wild pitch, and Ahmed Rosario took care of the rest. The pitch, and Rosario grounds a single into left field. Base hit. Indians take the lead as Straw will score. And it's a 3-2 Tribe lead on Ahmed Rosario's third base hit of the day. An RBI single to left to score Straw. And that's RBI number 30. And nothing like a little insurance in extra innings. Jose Ramirez took care of that. Now the pitch. And it's swung on. This is belted deep left field. If it's fair, forget it. It is gone off the foul screen. And the Indians get a two-run homer down the left field line by Jose Ramirez. And a three-run outburst in the 10th against former Indian Brad Hand. And the Indians have a 5-2 lead. Ramirez with his 23rd homer, giving him 64 RBIs. And that is an amazing and maybe a microcosm at bat for Jose Ramirez. He can have two or three swings that looks like he is not seeing the ball. And the next thing you know, he's trotting around the bases. And in the bottom half of the 10th on Monday, Emmanuel Classe was on to close things out. Classe looking here for save number 14. He sets chest high, the pitch, swing and a tamper to the mound, knocked down by Classe, picks it, throws to first, ball game. And the Indians are 2-2 two and two on this road trip to Chicago and Toronto. Today they go 10 innings, and they take care of the Blue Jays 5-2. to two. That was the only win for the Tribe in Canada as the Blue Jays came back and won Tuesday 7-2, Wednesday 8-6, and closed out the series with a shutout 3-0 win on Thursday night. So it was back home for the Tribe to face the red-hot Detroit Tigers on Friday night. And we start with some defense in this one, turned in by Ernie Clement at third base. Now the wind in the 0-1. And it's swung on, banged toward third. Leaping grab by Clement. Falling down, throws to first. He got him! What a play! Clement on a ball down the line. A high chopper that he leaped to get. Falling down to the seat of his pants with a one-hop throw to first. And you won't see a better play made by an infielder in 2021. Ernie Clement with the defensive play of the year, certainly for the Cleveland Indians, 
and he takes extra bases away from Derek Hill, and that is out number two. What a play by Clement. And then in the third inning, the Indians got on the board. Miles Straw delivered. Now the pitch. And it's swung on line to left. That's a base hit. Hedges scores. Clement will go in sliding to third. Throw to the plate. Comes all the way through. Straw stays at first with an RBI single. And the Indians lead it one to nothing here in inning number three. On three straight hits, Miles Straw is hitting well over 400 against Tiger pitching this year. And he just knocked in his 36th run. Ahmed Rosario followed with a fielder's choice that brought in a run. And then Bobby Bradley capped off the big inning. The right-hander's ready. Here it comes. It's swung and smashed to first by the diving scope. Down into the right field corner. In the score, Rosario and Ramirez and a third stand-up double in the inning. Bobby Bradley ropes one into the right field corner, and it's 4-0 Indians. And the Indians, the second time through the order, are lighting up Matt Manning. Give Bobby Bradley his seventh double, and he has 25 runs batted in. The Indians tacked on two more in the fourth inning as both Straw and Rosario drove in another run each, and the 6-0 lead was more than enough for Cal Quantrill, who was dominating the Tigers all night. Bud Black always had a, a theory when he was part of the Indians' front office, the former Indians pitcher and now manager of the Rockies. Bud Black said, I know how important relief pitchers are. Here is the set by Quantrill. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Swung on, broken bat, tamper to the mound. Quantrill underhand, flip to first. What a night. He'll finish with seven shutout. But Bud Black always would tell Mark Shapiro and Chris Antonetti, guys, it's a lot harder to find a guy that can get you 21 outs than it is to find a guy that can get you three. The Indians have a guy that can get you 21 outs in Cal Quantrill. What a ball game he pitched tonight. The Tigers did scratch out a run in the ninth inning to break up the shutout bid, but in the end, Emmanuel Classe was called upon to slam the door shut. Classe lets it fly, and Reyes swings and misses. Ball game. Classe with a couple of strikeouts with the bases loaded ends it. Cal Quantro with a brilliant outing tonight, and the Indians come back home and beat the Tigers 6-1. to one. So a nice win for the Tribe on Friday night at Progressive Field. And, of course, the great fireworks show followed a rock and blast. Just a real highlight of, of the season every year. And there's another one on tap again for Saturday night at Progressive Field. And there are still good seats available. You can pick them up on the Ballpark app or Indians.com slash tickets. Stay with us. We'll take a short break, then come back and hear from Fran Mill Reyes as we continue on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. You went online to switch your car insurance to Progressive so you could save money, but then you saw a friend request from an old summer camp buddy, and now here you are clicking through photos of his kickball team from 2011. Oh, looks like they won the championship that year. Then he moved to Tulsa. Oh, a new tattoo. 
Yes, they said it was easy to save hundreds on car insurance with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates National Average Savings by New Customer Surveyed Who Saved in 2019. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse joining you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland this weekend as the Indians take on the Tigers. And one of the hottest hitters for the Indians really since the All-Star break, and and you can even take it back a a little bit further to the start of July, has been Fran Mill Reyes. He missed six weeks with an oblique injury, but since returning from the injured list right at the beginning of the month in July, he has been the Indians' hottest hitter. And when we had a chance to visit with him last weekend in Chicago, he talked about some of the keys to coming back at full strength after missing considerable time this season. You know, when I went to um, my first couple games in AAA, um, I was not focused on getting um, any hits or whatever. My first um, priority thing was, like, feel, feel healthy uh, filled with trust again, like I had that little um, scare in every swing I took the first couple of that games. But, but getting my trust back and getting my timing back was one of the most important things. Um, then when, when I went to double-A, like it was already there. Um, it was kind of cool. So since I came back, I, I haven't stopped doing the same thing I, I did before I leave. Um, keep doing the same routine with, with my hitting coaches. And, um, you know, just try to be the same thing. Obviously, everyone wants to, to play every day. You had to miss time. Were there some things when you had to take a step back and just kind of watch the games for a little bit while you were healing that are you able to learn anything in, in that situation, or is it just time where you're waiting to get back? I, I, I'm one of those guys that love um, studying the, the pitchers. Nah, I'm not, like, seeing what they pitch or how they throw um, depends on the situation. I like to see, like, the velocity, what, what I mean, what the fastball do, does if it moves or whatever, um, uh, the velocity of the changeout slider or whatever. Like, I try to adjust to their velocity, you know? That's, that's, that's what I like to do, and then... And in the time that I was off, I was able to see a couple of the games. You know, it was more cheering about my guys than, than just focusing in the pitchers. You mentioned cheering about your guys, and, and you've been uh, really adamant about belief in the team, um, how they play, winning, that type of thing. Uh, the last week or so, there have been some changes to the roster for sure. Uh, how do you approach that? And I know you've been through it before. You've been one of the ones who has been traded, but... Uh, as someone who's on a team, how do you deal with that when you see some friends go and, and know that there's some changes? Um, I'm 100% agree with what um, Roberto said yesterday um, in the interview that he said, uh, this is all we got. And I have a lot of trust for this team because, you know, like one of the most important thing is that this team is, is really young. They're hungry to play baseball. They, they, they want to win. And, um, like, I know we're eight or nine games from the first place, but a lot of things can happen. There's, like, a lot of games left, and uh, we compete. And that was one of the things that I was talking to my teammates yesterday. 
during the game. I, I look at the scoreboard in the eighth inning. I was like, this is crazy. Look at their team and look at um, the young we are. And look, how's the game? It's tied at four in the eighth inning. Like, it should be a big um, different, but it's not. With Sivali, um, Bieber, and all those pitchers healthy, I know we can compete with the team we got right now. And, and when they come back, hopefully, like, we're going to win a lot of games. You mentioned that mindset, and, and I think that's something that Terry Francona tries to establish here as the manager, and, and now he's had to step aside for the remainder of the season. Uh, how, how has that impacted you in any way? Maybe um, not at all or, or maybe a little bit. I don't know. There's not a lot to say about that because, um, you know, healthy first. And, like, for me or for any of the guys, Having Tito as a manager is awesome. It's pretty awesome, and, and we wish that we can finish the season with him. But healthy is first, and we 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 like better that he get healthy and then come back stronger and try to move forward with with with, with the team we got, and then stay here. And something weird happen to him. We don't we don't we don't want that. We we will feel really bad if, if something like that happens. So. We all uh, show some love for Tito, and, and I know he loves us too, and, and he's going to be all right, and we're going to be good too. All, everything we're going to do these couple games is for him. We'll finish on a lighter note. Last homestand, you hit a long home run again. Is the scoreboard at Progressive Field still in play? You think, you think it's potential? Yeah, I'm, obviously, like, <laughs> it's, it's one of my goals. Um, the rest of my career, but you know, every every time I step in the box, I never thinking on on hitting the score. I'm just trying to put a good swing on the ball, and like those hanging breaking ball are very good to <laughs> to put up there. So every time I, I got a hanging breaking ball, I, I try to put a good swing and you know hit it in the barrel. Probably one day it will, it will land there, you know. We shall see. I wouldn't put it past you. Fran Mill, always great to have you along. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. A gentle giant, Fran Milray. It's always nice to, to visit with him and catch up. And, uh, man, is he having a, a fine season at the plate and uh, trying to keep the team moving in a positive direction as they head down the stretch. And one of the keys for the Indians in the last two months of the season will be the continued development of some young players. Owen Miller is one of those players, and we'll visit with the Indians infielder when we return after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Time to hop back on the bandwagon, folks. Drive Talk presented by Progressive continues from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. Great to have you with us talking baseball on the radio leading into the Saturday night game between the Indians and the Detroit Tigers at Progressive Field. And a lot of different ways you can pick up our show each week, including on the Indians radio network, wherever uh, your stations carry the show, usually a little bit before the ball game on Saturday. It's also available in podcast form wherever you download your favorite podcast, or you can check it out online at indians.com. All the archived editions are right there for you as well. 
Owen Miller is up with the Indians now playing some second base. We've seen him at first base. He's a rookie infielder who really opened some eyes in spring training. He was acquired last summer in the Mike Clevenger trade with the Padres that brought a slew of talent back to the Indians from San Diego, including Miller, who had a a tremendous spring and then a great start to his season at AAA Columbus. Had a cameo in the major leagues for a little while earlier in the season, and he did struggle at the plate then, but hit his first home run in Chicago last weekend. The 2-2, swung on, and there's a high fly ball hit to dead center. This one's hit well, back on an angle, but it is gone. Home run, Owen Miller. And there it is, the first in the big leagues for Miller. To dead center, no less. And the Indians are on the board again. 6-2, to two, White Sox. And a memory for Miller that he won't soon forget. Man, not a cheapie either. It's 400 to dead center. And Miller absolutely crushed it. And when we had a chance to visit with Miller the following day, he talked about that feeling he had circling the bases in the big leagues after a home run for the first time. Yeah, it definitely was a was a great feeling. Um, you know, something I've always dreamed of. Um, but yeah, I mean, wh- whatever I could do to, to help the team win, like you said, it was a crazy ball game last night. I mean, I I couldn't believe just you know the back and forth and stuff. Uh, crazy energy here here in Chicago. Um, so yeah, it was pretty cool when I saw the ball go over the fence. And you cross home plate, and I noticed that it looked like there were some Miller fans in the front row right by the on-deck circle for the Indians outside their dugout. Who was down there that, that uh, might have been able to greet you and, and say hi on your way by? Yeah, that was that was a couple of my friends from, from college. So I, I went to Illinois State, which isn't too far from here. Um, and, uh, yeah, a bunch of my friends, they live in Chicago now. So a lot, a lot of guys texted me said that they were going to be at the game. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty cool that they got to, you know, be there. And they were they were literally right by the on-deck circle. Um, so that, that's pretty cool. It was cool to see those guys. And, you know, they were, you know, talking to them after the game. And, you know, my, my girlfriend and her family were here. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely something I'll never forget. And you hit it over the center field wall, but you got the ball back. How did you get it? get it back yeah i think some of the guys in the dugout they they talked to the security guy and was like hey can we get that ball you know that was his first one um so yeah it was it was i was i was excited when i saw that in my locker after the game oh and you're back with the team and and the first time around it was a struggle but you've had great success um from spring training on into the minor league season uh what might be different this time around that that might allow you to have more success yeah i think it's just being comfortable um just trying to stay relaxed in the box um sometimes you know i think uh that can get away from you uh pretty quick especially once you're up here for the first time you know uh but but the biggest thing is just focusing in you know on having good at bats seeing seeing pitches swinging at strikes um you know, uh, you can't really let the outside things, um, you know, kind of affect you. And, and hey, I, I know that when I can control that and can control the zone, um, you know, I, I can put good swings on balls just like yesterday and, and do whatever I can to help the team win. And when you get sent back to AAA, a lot of people say, well, you know, so many great players have, have come up and then they've had to go back to the minor leagues for a little bit. How challenging is it, though, when you have to go back and, and try and figure out what you need to do to get back here? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, uh, you know, I mean, disappointing at first, but, you know, then you realize that it's part of the game and um, you, you know that you, you just have to keep working hard and, and keep going and, and you realize that there's going to be ups and downs in this game and, um, you know, you're, you're going to struggle. It's, it's the name of the game and um, go down there and have a good mindset, which, you know, I try to do and, and, and work to get better each day and, and work to 
hone my craft and, and keep playing multiple positions and having good at bats and um, you know just know that you know everything will kind of handle it take care of itself and uh, keep working hard and have a good attitude that you know work to get back up here and, and you know the main thing is just you know helping the team try to win ball games. You mentioned multiple positions. Uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite with with all these different positions you play? And, and if you do, how many gloves do you bring to the park to make sure you're ready to go? <laughs> yeah, I, I got a couple, three or four gloves now. Um, so yeah, I mean, hey, wherever wherever they need me, you know, I, I'll I'll play and, and work at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was that second last night at first base today. Um, so it's just every day, every day grind to to keep you know getting comfortable at all all the positions. Well, congratulations on the home run Saturday night. Thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys for having me. That's Owen Miller. be interesting to see how he develops here these last two months of the season. Looks like he's going to get a, a real nice opportunity to play a bunch down the stretch and, and show what he can do and uh, give the Indians a little bit better idea heading into the offseason. Stay with us. We'll have more of Tribe Talk presented by Progressive after this timeout. Boy, don't go away, folks. This has got a chance to be a classic ending. Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. My name's Barry. I live right above you. I don't host parties. I host after parties. They're like parties, only louder and nobody goes home. You can see right here I ripped out all the carpeting because it was holding me back with my pogo stick. Man's got a pogo. Oh, I'm a prankster. I'll grease up a soda can and then when somebody grabs it, boom! <laughs> Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, our final segment from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, which looks to be the home of the tribe for the foreseeable future, as there was an announcement earlier this week regarding a, a potential lease agreement that the finality not quite there yet, but they're getting close, close enough where the Indians and then representatives from the city of Cleveland, Cuyahoga County, and the state of Ohio were all on hand to make the announcement that the Indians could be around for quite some time in progressive field, which will undergo some improvements, much-needed improvements, for a ballpark that opened back in 1994 and is the 11th oldest in Major League Baseball. Brian Barron is the Indians' president of business operations, and he said an option for an extensive lease was so important, and he fills us in on all the details of Thursday's announcement. Thanks, Rosie. So a couple of things happened today. Uh, today we had a, a commitment uh, to upgrade Progressive Field as a public asset. Um, so Progressive Field is actually owned uh, by the public, and it's a substantial economic and recreational asset for Northeast Ohio and Cleveland. And while it's been well-maintained, the ballpark needs to be responsibly modernized to keep it competitive and protect the investment the public made when it was built back in 1994. And when you look at, obviously, people want to know payment. I thought one of the, the takeaways from watching the, the press conference this morning, no new or increased taxes. And uh, how were you able to arrive at that particular area? So it's a great question. Progressive Field and, and the Indians are major economic drivers. And as we look at the greater Cleveland economy, we will continue to yield a lot of economic benefits for both the city and the county. 
for perspective, there's $323 million annually in direct spending that come from the Indians and the visiting teams that come to our market. We generate $12.4 million a year in direct tax revenue and 4,800 jobs roughly every year. So those types of things are big economic flywheels for the region, and they're part of the greater good that comes from having a professional sports franchise located in, in the city of Cleveland. We are joined by Brian Barron, the Indians President of Business Operations, and a big announcement this morning that uh, some real positive news on a lease extension for the Indians. And my goodness, Brian, this could could flesh out to uh, potential out to 2046, and, and so length of term. Uh, how important was that in terms of everything you're trying to get to with the lease? That was really important, Rosie. So as we think about the extended commitment to Cleveland, via this this shared partnership between the public and private sectors. We're going to keep the team in Cleveland for a guaranteed additional 15 years and the potential for up to 25 years. We have the 11th oldest ballpark in Major League Baseball today, believe it or not. At the end of the 15-year term, the ballpark will be 43 years old. Uh, so we're excited about the opportunity to lengthen that, that term and keep Major League Baseball here in Cleveland. So things that you'd like to do uh, maybe a lot of, of what you would look at in terms of improvements are not readily visible to the public and the fans, but what are some of the things that, that might be most important as you get started on this thing once everything's approved? So we're in the process of, of doing research right now on what some of those potential projects on the ballpark improvement front could look like. A couple that would be fan-facing that I would highlight would be uh, transforming our left field terrace club experience. When Jacobs Field opened in 1994. Uh, that was state-of-the-art. In 2021, at Progressive Field, um, the Terrace Club is, is dated, and it's actually no longer as relevant a space as, as it once was. So that needs to be refreshed and transformed. Another area that, that will be a, a big focus for us is reimagining the upper deck. S since we opened the ballpark, the only changes we've really made in the upper deck we're what uh, some will like to refer to as the shipping containers up in, in right field. Um, you know, that was part of a, a renovation a few years ago where we took out some seats and tried to create some standing room only terraces in, in the upper deck and right field. Um, we have a huge opportunity to reimagine what the upper deck looks like. Uh, we're at the concept phase right now doing research, but to the extent that's a space that tends to be more value oriented for us, um, we have great ideas and opportunities to figure out how to make that fresh and relevant for the future. And you mentioned these ideas, and you look around baseball, and there are some other ballparks that were built at about the same time or after Progressive Field that are gone. They've been replaced by new ballparks already. And, and when you and, and Paul Dolan and, and others who were trying to determine the best course of action, how did it develop where, hey, new ballpark would be nice, but, but let's go with the renovation plan. How did that develop? So we really try and, and respect and know our, our community. And at the end of the day, we felt that renovating versus building new was, was a better path here in Cleveland. For perspective, and, and you referenced a couple of the other ballparks that were contemporary age-wise to Progressive Field. Um, down in Texas, uh, the, the Rangers have, have just built a new ballpark and uh, unfortunately, you know, COVID hit when they were about ready to, to open those doors to, to everybody. 
Um, so their opening was delayed a year. Um, but their ballpark cost over a billion dollars to, to build uh, down in Atlanta. Uh, another opportunity. Um, again, these are great uh, new ballparks in, in markets that are just fundamentally different than Cleveland. Um, but another billion dollar plus ballpark age-wise, uh, you know, similar to Progressive Field. So we feel that doing the renovations is, is the right thing to do. Uh, and again, you know, you fast forward 15 years, our, our ballpark will be in its mid-40s, believe it or not. Where does the time go? Uh, okay, so announcement today. Uh, what's next, and, and when do things become finalized in a, in a perfect world? So the process is uh, we'll move into the legislative process for uh, the city, the county, and the state. So today we talked about a partnership that the mayor, the county executive, the governor, and Paul Dolan expressed a lot of excitement and, and interest in extending the Indians for 15 years. Um, that process now moves to the appropriate legislative councils to work their way through the mechanics of the funding, how it flows, how it works. Uh, and, and we hope to work through that in the coming months. Well, I know it's, it's been a lot of hard work already, and I know there's still a little bit more to go. But, uh, Brian, thanks a lot for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Rosie. That's Brian Barron, Indians president of business operations, and uh, certainly a good day in downtown Cleveland for the tribe and, and certainly for fans of the Indians in northeast Ohio and well beyond. Back on the field. Talking player development, James Harris is the Indians' vice president of player development. We check in with him every now and again to see what's going on in the farm system. And we take a look at AAA Columbus this week, uh, an ever-changing roster this year. But there are some young players that have just been added to that Columbus roster that, as part of the trade deadline deals, opened up some spots for players to move up throughout the system who are having good seasons at lower levels. And uh, James talks about those trades that, impact the minor league levels and how much shuffling's been going on lately i mean it was it was great our primary responsibility is to help our major league team and the major league team is is pushing to try to win a world series they're trying to win in cleveland and what we do at the minor leagues are preparing players and, and shuffling rosters and, and having guys be prepared to do that and when you look at at some of those who are on the move new to triple a Oscar Gonzalez is a name that jumps out, and, and we are talking earlier, uh, he's made that move from A, and there's some good power numbers being put up this season by him, which hasn't always been the case in the past. What's changed for him as he gets a little bit older? Well, he's, he's maturing as a hitter. Um, he's selecting better pitches to hit. He's understanding his swing and what, what pitches he can drive, and the great news is that he's able to do that and, and hitting the ball hard. And it seems like the, the physical tools are there as well. Yeah, absolutely. But if you go back to two years ago when he was in Lynchburg, I think he had single-digit walks. So he was swinging at every pitch. And now he's, he's doing a, a better job of finding which pitcher, pitches that he can hit the best and, and doing a better job of, of doing and, and another name that we haven't talked about a whole lot on his way through the system, but maybe we do now that he's at AAA, and that's Trenton Brooks, an infielder. And, and what are you seeing on him? Well, Brooks is one of those guys is, is like – he wasn't always the guy that was first on the lineup card, so he would have to play in the outfield. He'd have to play first base. He would get, have to get his opportunities at DH. And at every level, he's earned the next opportunity, whether that be the opportunity to play more or that opportunity to play at the next level. And he's continued to do that in AAA. He plays primarily at first base, but he can also play in the outfield. So he's been fun to watch as well. 
James Harris joining us, Indians Vice President of Player Development, and we're talking about some of the, the Indians players at AAA Columbus and a name that uh, we get asked about a lot, Nolan Jones, one of the top prospects not only for the Indians but in baseball, uh, trying to make his way through at the AAA level. I know a very slow start for him, but what are you seeing in terms of adjustments and improvements, especially at the plate for Jones? That's exactly that. I mean, he's improving. He's adjusted to the level well. I think early on it, it was sped up on him quite a bit, especially with a year off. I don't, I don't think the, our players in the minor leagues have got enough credit for how well they're doing despite having a year of not really playing very much. But, like, he's he's fought through that. Now he's doing quite a bit better, and we're excited to, at his his progress. And where has he been playing defensively, and where do you see that in the future here the last uh, several weeks of this season? Early in the season, he was playing third, first, and and, and right. Now we've kind of limited limited that to third base and some right field, and uh, he's done well at both and is adjusting to both, and his work every day has been been really good. So we're excited to see that that show up on the field. And normally you get to early August, and there's a month to go in, in the AAA season, but uh, with everything the last uh, year and a half, almost two years now, uh, it's been a little bit different. How much... Uh, is the schedule extended at the AAA level this season because of the late start? And how will that help you in terms of, of fortifying the big club if needed in September? I think the, the second point is, is what it is mostly, is like having that season extend so we can help our major league team by keeping those players playing beyond the, norm, the normal typical AAA or, or minor league season. Is like, hey, we're still playing at the big leagues. We still are going to need depth and players that might be, be able to fill in or help us uh, attempt to win and so we need th- those players to be playing in AAA to do so and we're glad that the league agreed with that well james always appreciate the update a lot going on with the trade deadline and uh, players moving but uh thanks a lot for the time it's exciting thanks for having me that's james harris indians vice president of player development and that's going to do it for this week's edition of tribe talk presented by progressive thanks so much for joining us thanks as always to brian matze for putting together our shows each week until next week When we join you from Detroit, the Indians will be on the road next weekend. This is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of 
the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.